Welcome to the University of Calgary's DCNS podcast series, bringing the clinical neurosciences to primary care. My name is Tyson Brust, a senior neurology resident at the University of Calgary and your host for today's podcast. For show notes, disclosures, and references, please visit our website at www.dcnspodcast.com. In the last podcast, we discussed migraine prophylaxis. Today, we are going to focus on chronic migraine, a disabling neurologic condition that affects approximately 2% of the world's population. Back with us today is Dr. Werner Becker, Professor of Neurology at the University of Calgary and a Fellow of the American Headache Society. Dr. Becker is also the senior author of the Canadian Headache Society Guidelines for Acute Migraine Treatment and Prophylactic Migraine Treatment. Go to www.headachenetwork.ca and check the Publications tab to access these guidelines. Thank you for participating in this podcast interview, Dr. Becker. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you back with us today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'll start by uh, presenting a case, and then I'll get your, your comments after. A 45-year-old woman presents to your office with a convincing history of migraine headaches since she was a teenager. Her main complaint is an increase in the frequency of her headaches. Over the past year, her headache frequency has increased from about one or two migraine headaches per month to about 20 headache days per month for the past three months. Only about half of these headaches are her normal severe migraine headache with associated uh, photophobia, phonophobia, nausea, and vomiting. The rest of the headache days, about 10 headache days per month, are less severe, and her associated symptoms are also less severe and not to, bad to the point where it's interfering with her normal activities. She's been using naproxen 500 milligrams and sumatriptan 100 milligrams, uh, occasionally needing a second dose in an attempt to abort her headaches although with less and less success. Upon the advice of her family physician, she has limited the use of these medications to less than 10 days per month for the past two months. Her past medical history is significant for depression, which was diagnosed three years ago, and she is being treated with citalopram 20 milligrams daily. In addition, she suffers from chronic neck pains since she was involved in a motor vehicle collision two years ago in which she was rear-ended while stopped at a red light. She is being treated with pregabalin 100 milligrams three times a day with only partial effectiveness. She has recently gone through an acrimonious divorce and has started smoking heavily again after 10 years of abstinence. On exam, she has an obese body habitus but an otherwise normal neurological exam. Her neck exam reveals several midline tender points. Dr. Becker, how would you uh, approach this patient? Tyson, you've described a patient who uh, has migraine and who has now progressed to a chronic daily headache syndrome. Because she has worsened considerably over the last year, one needs to be alert for red flag symptoms, which might support a secondary headache uh, disorder. If her neurological examination is normal, uh, given all the other factors that you mentioned, for example, her recently uh, extremely high stress level, we are probably uh, confident in considering her to have a primary headache disorder. 
She has had a car accident uh, two years ago, uh, but assuming that her current headaches resemble her old migraine attacks and that she does not have a new headache, uh, which is always on the same side, uh, we could probably consider her neck as an exacerbating factor for her migraine attacks rather than the cause of a new headache syndrome. Her neck will require evaluation, however, and uh, possibly specific uh, therapy. Uh, she is not at this time a medication overuser, so if her headaches meet uh, diagnostic uh, criteria for chronic migraine, that would be the most likely diagnosis. Uh, she does have a depression, and this is a common comorbidity of chronic migraine, and that may also require more attention in order to uh, produce a good outcome over time. Dr. Becker, can you comment on how you differentiate this patient's possible uh, chronic migraine from other uh, chronic daily headache disorders? There are four other primary headache disorders to consider in a patient who has uh, daily or near-daily headache. A chronic cluster headache is one, but uh, these headaches are quite different from chronic migraine in that attacks are short, under three hours by definition and often much shorter. Uh, although patients may have several attacks a day. The three daily headache syndromes uh, among the primary headache disorders which may resemble chronic migraine in terms of headache duration are chronic tension type headache, new daily persistent headache, and hemicrania continua. Chronic tension type headache will be discussed in a later podcast, but uh, importantly, uh, these headaches are generally milder than migraine. They're usually bilateral, and they have much less in the way of associated symptoms. Uh, that is, uh, they have much less nausea, photophobia, or phonophobia. New daily persistent headache can take a variety of forms, but uh, the diagnostic feature is that uh, a new headache uh, begins uh, one day and becomes persistent or continuous within 24 hours of onset. This is quite different from chronic migraine, where you usually have a progression of the migraine symptoms over uh, weeks, months, or even years uh, from an infrequent headache to a much more frequent headache syndrome. Hemicrania continua is a strictly unilateral headache that waxes and wanes a little, but is continuous and is usually accompanied by restlessness and autonomic uh, findings in the eye on the side of the headache. It is, a, it is an endometheson responsive syndrome, so it's important to diagnose it even though it's uncommon uh, because therapy will be very difficult unless endometheson is tried. Thank you for that uh, summary, Dr. Becker. Next. Uh, could you please go through the diagnostic criteria for uh, chronic migraine? The diagnostic criteria for chronic migraine have evolved over time and uh, they are important in the, in the diagnosis of, of patients like uh, you have described here. Uh, first of all, uh, patients must have headache on 15 days or more a month. That is more than half the time, basically. And they must have been this way for uh, three months to fulfill the diagnostic criteria. There must be a past history of migraine with at least five attacks uh, of headache meeting migraine diagnostic criteria prior to the development of the chronic daily headache syndrome. With regard to the patient's uh, current headache, it's important to understand that only eight days a month of their headaches need to meet uh, migraine diagnostic criteria. The, rema the remaining headaches, and that may of course be the majority of their headaches if they have headaches on, for example, 30 days a month, uh, don't have to meet migraine criteria, but if eight headache days a month do, uh, then uh, the patient has chronic migraine. 
In the past, the, these patients were often referred to as having a mixed headache syndrome, or physicians would diagnose both uh, migraine and chronic tension type headache. The new diagnostic criteria, the ICHD-3, specifies that if patients meet the diagnostic criteria for chronic migraine, that excludes the diagnosis of chronic tension type headache. Uh, they have chronic migraine. Now, of course, to uh, determine whether eight days a month of their headaches meet migraine diagnostic criteria, you have to know the diagnostic criteria for migraine, and we're talking of the diagnostic criteria for migraine with aura or without aura, which have been discussed in a previous podcast. Uh, one factor to uh, keep in mind is that if patients are treating their headaches with uh, triptans or other migraine-specific medication, they may be able to abort their headache attacks before they actually meet migraine diagnostic criteria on those days. Nevertheless, though, if, uh, if, a patient, if a patient's headache is successfully aborted by a triptan, uh, then that still counts as a migraine day, even though the headache perhaps hasn't developed to uh, have associated symptoms or uh, hasn't become severe. Importantly, as for all primary headache uh, diagnostic criteria, the final one is that the headache is not better accounted for by another headache diagnosis. And so this would, of course, include a neurological examination to ensure that there's no suggestion of another cause for the patient's headache. Thanks for that summary of the diagnostic criteria, Dr. Becker. Why is it that some patients with migraine go on to develop chronic migraine and others don't? It's not totally clear why some migraine patients progress to a chronic daily headache syndrome and others don't. Uh, there may well be genetic factors involved in this, but uh, it is true that only a minority of uh, patients with migraine eventually uh, have chronic migraine. Uh, although it's a significant minority, possibly as many as one in seven patients. Now some patients with chronic migraine revert to episodic migraine, either with treatment or without. So there is a, a flux back and forth. But uh, nevertheless, a lot of patients uh, do seem to enter the chronic migraine phase and remain that way for years, and it can be very difficult to, to treat them uh, adequately. A number of factors have been uh, found uh, to uh, increase a migraine sufferer's chances of developing chronic migraine, in other words, causing transformation to chronic migraine from episodic migraine. Uh, these include obesity, snoring, other sleep disorders, excessive caffeine intake, psychiatric disease like depression, uh, and also a, a higher baseline headache frequency in the first place. Finally, also very important is uh, uh, the overuse of uh, acute migraine drugs, which can certainly produce a a chronic migraine syndrome in a patient with migraine. Now, major life changes are also uh, significant and it's been shown that, for example, uh, chronic uh, stress can predispose to a migraine transformation to a chronic daily headache syndrome, uh, as can a, a head or neck injury. Now, female sex is also a factor in that uh, chronic migraine, as is a migraine itself, is uh, more common in women than in men. Let's switch gears and talk about treatment. In general, how is chronic migraine treated? The goal of chronic migraine treatment is to reduce disability, and to accomplish this, it is usually necessary to reduce headache frequency, intensity, or both, as well as to treat any coexistent uh, comorbidity, uh, for example, depression. The treatment of chronic migraine is similar to the treatment of episodic migraine and involves addressing lifestyle factors, a specific migraine triggers, and acute and prophylactic medications. In patients with chronic migraine, given their high headache frequency, it is very important to educate the patient uh, about medication overuse headache and be vigilant in avoiding it. By definition, given their high headache frequency, most patients with chronic migraine need a prophylactic medication. 
Behavioral treatment modalities like relaxation uh, training and cognitive behavioral therapy, often focusing on stress management, are also very important and should be much more widely available to our chronic migraine patients in order to reduce disability. Which specific pharmacologic therapies have the best evidence for treating chronic migraine? The acute medications used in chronic migraine are the same as those in episodic migraine, although here it is even more important to avoid codeine-containing medications and uh, other opiates uh, wherever possible because of the propensity of these medications to cause medication overuse headache. With regard to prophylactic medications, uh, once again, uh, physicians utilize the same medications that are used for episodic migraine with some exceptions. Um, however, it's important to realize that uh, there's much less evidence for uh, uh, the efficacy of uh, the various migraine prophylactic medications in chronic migraine uh, due to a paucity of clinical trials uh, in chronic migraine. The uh, tricyclic medications, uh, specifically amitriptyline, uh, do appear helpful in chronic migraine, although the evidence uh, is not strong from a scientific point of view. The two prophylactic drugs with the greatest evidence for efficacy in chronic migraine are topiramate and onobotulinum toxin A. You may not be familiar with the term onobotulinum toxin A. This is the generic name for Botox, which is the only uh, botulinum toxin which has been extensively studied in chronic migraine therapy. Onobotulinum toxin A has received official indication for chronic migraine prophylaxis uh, both from Health Canada and from the FDA based upon two large clinical trials. In these trials, it was injected according to a specific protocol involving multiple injection sites in the head and neck. Importantly, uh, a treatment with onobotulinum toxin A uh, does tend to wear off if effective after about three months and the treatment needs to be repeated, often repeatedly over years. Special training is required to administer onobotulinum toxin A according to the established protocol. Thank you, Dr. Becker. To conclude today's podcast, do you have any take-home messages for the listeners? I'd like to mention uh, two things. Uh, first of all, it's important for, for physicians to diagnose chronic migraine. For if these patients are diagnosed instead in error with chronic tension type headache, specific migraine medications may not be uh, tried uh, or made available to the patient. Uh, secondly, um, chronic migraine causes significantly more uh, disability for many patients than does episodic migraine. And it is important that, uh, this, is, that this is not overlooked uh, when these patients are assessed and managed. Thank you, Dr. Becker. Uh, that concludes uh, today's podcast. Uh, next time, we're going to talk about tension-type headache, and Dr. Becker has once again kindly agreed to be back with us for that podcast. Thank you for listening.